Welcome to the Wild West Show, where we talk real estate investing and all things business. Thanks for joining and enjoy the show. All right, welcome back to the Wild West Show. We got a great guest today. His name is Aaron Partridge, 23 years old. He's got a million dollar landscaping business. He's got all sorts of other businesses, rental portfolio, flipping. Um, I'm just going to kind of pass it off to you, Aaron, to kind of like describe to the listeners what you're doing. Tell them about yourself. Yeah, hey guys. Uh, Great to be on here. Um, You know, my name's Aaron Partridge. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Um, my main business, I do landscaping. So we do a bunch of landscape construction, that kind of stuff. Um, got into the real estate market as well, done a couple flips. Um, really looking at that as more of a long-term investment strategy to kind of piggyback off of the landscaping. And then I also am involved in a couple of other businesses as well. So, you know, just super excited to, to be on here and, you know, happy to you know, hear your guys' story and see see what we can do. So let's do it, man. Amazing. Sweet. Yeah, that's uh we've been looking forward to this one for a while. I know Derek has been friends with you for a while now, yep. so yeah. He set this whole thing up. Yeah, man. It's uh it's great having you here. We're here in our uh flip, so that's pretty cool. We kinda lost our studio, but you know, we adapted and overcame and now we're just doing our flip, which is pretty exciting. But uh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. You know, obviously I've been to Nashville a couple of times now and, you know, really kind of cool to see you guys, you know, start this first flip. And I know you guys are kind of gearing into the luxury flips and, you know, yeah. after getting back from Vegas, you're trying to, you know, really settle in and figure out the direction for Wild yeah. West. So it's, you know, it's definitely been fun following you guys on Instagram and stuff. So I'm, you know, really, really pumped to be here and be on the podcast. Sweet. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, so landscaping, that's your main business. Yep. Yep. And you said a million dollars. Where's that million dollars come from? Is that last year's profit or where yeah. do you get that? Yeah. So that's, from? so last year we were just a little bit under a million in revenue. Okay. So we're kind of okay. right at that break point where we're gearing into, you know, the million and a half, $2 million. And we got kind of got to figure out how to level up, you know, cause there's mm-hmm. certain points where you get to where it's like, okay, like, if I want to go any further, I have to stop doing what I'm doing. And that's something that I'm kind of in the transition phase of right now is really figuring out, okay, what actions, what tactical actions do I need to take in order to expand my business? As in take a step back, not boots on the ground. Right. And being that CEO or ownership. Right, exactly. Because like for me, like I've been doing this since I was, you know, in high school, I was cutting lawns on my own, right? So it's like, I'm almost like too much of a perfectionist. And they talk a lot about this in the book called The E-Myth. I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but they talk about, you know, when you're, when you go off to start your own business, you know, you're so caught up in doing the work. And this is what happens with so many small businesses is they're so caught up in just doing the work themselves that they forget to look at the bigger picture and understand, okay, how is that work done? And what are we actually selling to our customers? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I like to do is I look at all the big companies, right? You know, so many people are just caught up in what they're doing and like, oh yeah, we got to make the customers happy. And obviously you want to make the customers happy, but I look at what are the big guys doing? You look Mm -hmm. at any large corporation, how hard is it to reach a customer service representative? Yeah. 
Like it's like obviously you need a good brand and you need to make sure all your systems and stuff are in place, but you really want to figure out like what's more important to me. Am I the kind of guy that wants to just one run one single crew making everything perfect or do I want to blow up and be a big corporation mm-hmm. and impact a ton of people? And that's kind of really, you know, everyone's different. So everyone's going to kind of have a different, you know, end goal for their business, but that's something you need to like figure out and really gear your systems and your structure towards that. Sure. Cool. And what what is your, what is your goal for the company, right? Like what is, what is your end yeah. goal and what do you, do you want to see it nationwide? What is your, uh, what's say, your vision? Right. That's a great. That, outside of Buffalo into other States. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my vision with double A landscaping is it's kind of a building block into the construction space where I want to be. Our vision at double A landscaping is impact 250,000 homeowners over the next 10 years. So that's our vision. We have that, you know, on our wall in the office and everything like that. And what that looks like is, you know, obviously landscaping and servicing homeowners is going to be a big portion of that, but we want to expand into other realms as well. We want to get into, you know, the supplier field, you know, we want to do, um, you know, supply deliveries and things like that. Like not just limiting ourselves to, you know, strictly, you know, installing new shrubs or cutting grass, but, you know, kind of expanding our reach so that if a homeowner wants to, you know, maybe mulch their property themselves for the year, we can still be that resource and they can come to us and we can earn that business no matter what sort of client they are. So that's kind of what our vision is. You know, we want to be kind of the go-to spot for a homeowner's outdoor service. I love Mm. that. So you said you've been doing it since high school, but then you also went to college. Yep. Like, what'd you go to college for? Why'd you go to college? Are you using your degree or I'll just talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely get into that a little (laughs) bit. So yeah. So when I was in high school, um, I was cutting about 30 lawns a week by myself. And this is kind of the point where I started to learn about business, right? So I was cutting 30 lawns a week by myself. I was actually scared to spend money. I literally hated going to the gas station to fill the lawnmower up with gas because I had to spend money. Is this like a push lawnmower? Are you pushing from neighbor to neighbor? No. So I, I, I bought a, I, I invested a little bit. I bought a, you know, a riding zero turn lawnmower, but you know, it was just like, I was like, so like, I need to like make as much. I need to make, like, I need to save, I need to save. But, and then at that point, so I was in high school doing that and I realized like, you can't, you can't grow your business by doing that. You're, mm-hmm. you're never going to get any better by doing that. And I started reading a ton of books and, and learning about business and things like that. And I was, and I had a decision to make, you know, I, I went to school because, um, I wanted to play hockey, you know, and it was kind of just, you know, one of those things where it was like, everyone's doing it. So, you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of, there wasn't like a specific reason why. Um, but yeah, and it was one of those things where I was like, you know, at the point of, after high school and it's like, well, I could keep doing this, you know, over the summer as kind of a side gig, earn some good money on the side, or I could, you know, transition it into a legit business and try to go big time with it. So, you know, that's, that's what I ended up doing. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I know it's impressive that you realized that you needed to like, like hire out, actually understand business in high school. Cause I feel like a lot of people get stuck in the whole solopreneurship. Yeah. 
like in their actual when they get to be an adult you know and they're running this business and they're trying to do everything and everything and everything by themselves but then they come to a harsh realization that they cannot do that right right yeah exactly so yeah that's and, and it's still one of the things that i'm learning you know obviously it it takes it takes a level of confidence and a level of trust to be able to walk away and say hey john go do this twenty thousand dollar landscaping job you know it's your like that's a big level of trust and responsibility that you need to have in you know your people and your systems and structure and that's something i'm i'm still working towards like i'm not a hundred percent there yet but it's one of those things where some people just say oh it's impossible i never want to do that but it's another thing where you can work towards that and you know set the expectation level and make sure all your team members are Mm -hmm. engaged and, and understand the whole goal and the vision of the business and i think that goes for you know not just service-based business or not just regular business but even in the real estate space too you know there's a there's a level of it where you know obviously doing a flip once you guys get to the point i know me and derek were talking about you know doing consistent five flips a month or so you know at that at that volume there needs to be a level of confidence in the vendors that you're using mm-hmm. and you know the other employees and even even your partners too you know so mm-hmm. it's just kind of goes hand in hand with with every aspect of business i feel like as a uh, like as a business owner you know and especially like yourself who started in high school you've got to have you have high expectations you know for the business so hiring it out and saying hey i want you to go do everything i'm doing like you're never going to find somebody to do it as good as you want yeah so finding like that person who can do it close to that you know or hiring right. a couple people it's that's where it's like really important to just take that leap of faith for sure for sure and that's one of the things you know i've heard it said that you can you can only someone can only do something 80% as good as you like mm-hmm. they're never going to be able to do it to you know maybe the skill or the perfectionist that that you do it to and it's something where you just got to train and you know really make sure that they're doing the expectations that 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 you're looking for and mm-hmm. that you kind of make that clear to them and that's one of the things like with my landscaping company is really just cuz giving the employees the opportunity to even showcase that they're able to do it. Because the thing is a lot of like, who wants to go work for a company where the owner is just saying, Hey, do this. No one wants to do that. You know, if you're going to micromanage your employees and say, Hey, we got to make sure, you know, we spackle every little dot on the wall. Like, they're going to be like, all right, all right, Derek, I've heard this a (laughs) hundred times, you know? Yeah. 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 So you also have a real estate portfolio. Yep. You have like nine units. You do a couple flips. Yep. Yep. You do that with your dad, correct? Yeah. So me and my dad do that together. Um, you know, I actually did that. So like like we said before, I was in college and doing the landscaping. And while I was in college, the landscaping was more of like a summertime thing. You know, mm-hmm. we did snow plowing, but it, it really picked up in the summer. So in the winter, you know, I was going to school, obviously pretty busy in school, but I'm like, you know, I was reading about real estate and learning about it. I'm like, hey, I kind of want to kind of want to dive into this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, long story short, I kind of got my dad involved and got him interested in the idea and through hockey playing hockey at school we were able to make some connects with real estate agents and a couple wholesalers and throughout my time we actually uh we picked up four units um and we completed four flips so we're kind of more in the strategy of you know buy rent 
or buy sorry, and hold. Buy yeah. and hold. Yeah, buy, rehab, and hold. So that's yeah. kind of what we have done a lot. We've sold one, but our main strategy has been, you know, the buy and hold strategy. Yeah. The Grant Cardone strategy. Pretty much. Pretty how, much. Did you, how did you go about acquiring those? Did you, like traditional financing, hard money, did you burn those properties? Like how how did you get those four or those initial rentals? Yeah. So, um, you know, the first four we got from a wholesaler. So we were working with a wholesaler. And then on one of the properties, he held the mortgage for us. So it was one of the things where he said, hey, you know, I'll finance you the mortgage. You guys just pay for the rehab. And we used a lot of our own money for the rehab. Um, you know, obviously, you know, that's maybe not the direction a lot of people want to go. Yeah. But that's just what we did just because, you know, obviously you save on there. Yeah. yeah, you save on interest. And, you know, we weren't – it wasn't necessarily like you guys where you're looking to – get to the volume of five flips or so a month it was more like hey we want to just kind of get our feet wet see how see how see how we do and kind of go from there because it's it was one of those things where if i'm going to lose money i'd rather lose my own than anyone that's kind of how the real estate went and you know we we didn't really like dive head first into it it was kind of more a slow go where you know maybe one 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 property a year or so since it, it wasn't like our full-time thing yeah. that we were focusing on you know Sure. Yeah. So, like, as a as a man of the who wears many hats, call it like, where do you see all of the businesses in the future? Do you see the landscaping kind of taking precedence over everything and yeah. kind of growing that as you want, or yeah. is it real estate? Or are you kind of like buying real estate for taxes, you right, know, for depreciation? Right, exactly. Stuff? Yeah. So, so kind of what I see, you know, all of my different, you know, ventures turning into is more of like, you know all operating under one hat, right? Where I figure out how to get the landscaping to where it's able to sustain and able to be profitable and, you know, able to have a team member that I trust, you know, operating that business. And that's something that I'm working towards right now. You know, a lot of people, I know a lot of different business owners, especially service-based near me, where they're so focused on getting to that that next job, getting to that next job, getting to the next that next job, like making a ton of money. And and yeah, that's good. Like that's what you that's the goal obviously. You want to be profitable, but there's a you need to have a balance between being profitable and then building your business and being able to walk away. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to spread mulch my whole life. You know, that's no. that's yeah. that's that's not my goal. So like I need to understand how to get it to a place where I don't have to do that. I can put people in charge, have the correct systems, procedures, trainings mm-hmm. in place so that entity is able to operate on its own and be self-sustaining. Yeah. And that's that's like where I'm focused right now is getting the landscaping to that point. And then I think once that's there, then instead of spending 40 to 70 hours a week on that, I can spend 15 to 20 and I can spend, you know, 30 on real estate or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever else I, you know, decide to venture into. Sure. I, mean, I could be completely butchering this, but it's kind of like what Gary Harper was saying in Vegas that he wants to have his whole company ran without him. So he shows up every three months, collects his paycheck and says, all right, I'll see you in three months. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Cause then and he can like, do what he actually enjoys. Exactly. Like he's working on things like yeah. he's working on building people's building businesses, businesses. Like, yeah. Like giving his money to churches, missionaries sort of yeah. thing. Um, whatever he's passionate about basically. Yeah. Like he, he understands cause like the reality of it is in business. It's like sometimes 
sometimes you have to do the stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like get to the point of where you don't have to do that anymore, yeah. and that runs autonomously. So yeah. then you can spend your time as you please. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, there's like there's so many examples of it that that I've experienced of just guys that you know, just don't understand that, you know, they say, Hey, why are you hiring this out? You could do it yourself, you know? And it's just like, they don't really understand that that's the longer term picture when in five, 10 years, they're doing the same old stuff they've been doing. And I'm like, Hey, look, you know, I have this business that produces cash flow every single month that, you know, I spend five to 10 hours a week Mm -hmm. on. So that's, that's, that's going to be the difference. And that's why like, I'm more of a longer term thinker than, you know, definitely some of my other peers that I, I see starting businesses. We, we definitely get that on hiring out and not do the work to save a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, because you, know? you I mean, see it, you see it come back. You save a couple thousand dollars, but then you could have just hit that volume yeah. game and yeah, made ten yeah. more thousand dollars. Right. So you save three thousand dollars for the first two months, but f- four months later you can make another like right. twenty or whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, yeah. No. For sure. So sure. speaking of mini businesses, you also have another business, yes. part owner and storage units. Yes. Or so, something along that line. Right. So that's kind of the other thing that yeah. I do. So so my main thing is the landscaping. And I like to use the landscaping to help me further along my real estate portfolio. So I actually taught a class on this, but something that I'm looking into doing is using my landscaping business to help leverage purchasing more real estate mm-hmm. and doing more real estate deals. Because the thing, the thing is, with the landscaping, you deal with property owners and property management companies all the time. And a lot of people say, oh man, it's so hard to find deals. It's so hard to find deals. Like You're working with these people that are de- doing deals all the time. Like Use those relationships to help leverage your real estate portfolio and say, hey, you know, maybe do a trade. You know, I'll trade you five years of landscaping maintenance for equity in the property. Hmm. So that's something like I'm looking to get creative with hmm. in the future as well. Um, and I've started, you know, I've got a couple of deals in the works like that, that I've, you know, started the conversation and it's something where, you know, it's obviously not going to happen overnight, but you need to put your foot in the door as someone that's, Hey, I want to be a part of this mm-hmm. with you. So that's something. So that's, that's what I would say. You know, I use my landscaping business to help leverage, you know, towards acquiring mm-hmm. more real estate. That's cool because you're like yeah because you're building rapport with the people who are doing deals like you said yep. and even if not that do you have many what is what is your client base I should say is it mainly just like residential or yeah. is it commercial properties so, like yeah so I would say we're a mix of both okay we're higher on the residential side for sure but like a lot of our property maintenance and you know snow plowing that's more geared towards the commercial clients and a lot of times it's these big property managers that you know. They've dealt with just the regular old landscape or every single year, mm-hmm. you know, a new guy comes on the block who's creative, who's, you know, got got good systems, shows a good product, shows a good face. You know, they're like, this guy's different. So that's yeah. kind of the image we're trying to portray. And, you know, not only that, but we're trying to be a valuable asset for them, right? If we can, yeah. if we can work something out to where, hey, look, we're gonna, we want to partner with you on this deal. We're going to be able to take care of all the landscaping, all the maintenance, and we're going to care about it because we have a vested interest in the property. You know that that has value for them too, because then they're not calling the landscaper saying, "What the heck?" Yeah, mm-hmm. honestly. And then also along those lines, it's like if you're going to be if you're dealing with a lot of residential clients, like there's always going to be a room for an opportunity or a room for conversation, like, yep. hey. 
I'm buying houses too. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, Hey, like I see your house, you know, right. it's got a ton of grass right. growing out back. Like, are you doing okay? Like I'll buy it from you. you yeah. Know? Like a creative yeah. finance, you know? Yeah. 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 A little pace more everything. Just come in. Hey, how can I take over your mortgage? <laughs> yeah. Like how can I help? Yeah. yeah how so can I help you? You're getting your face in front of all yeah. sorts of possible like cold leads. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. So that's like, and it's obviously not something like that's not our business model by any means, but it's something I got my eye on, you know? Absolutely. So like when the opportunity arouse, arises to have that conversation, you know, that's what we can gear it towards. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, buying real estate is important. And one of the things that Robert Kiyosaki says is he says the sole purpose of a business should be to buy real estate mm-hmm. because that's really the only, you know, long-term asset that's going to appreciate. You know, we buy trucks, we buy equipment, but, you know, 10, 15 years, that stuff's going to be worth you know, percentage of what it's worth now, where buying the real estate, that's going to spike in value. Sure. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, kind of like Derek was talking about, like the storage, yeah, storage, storage business. Yeah. Like what is, what is kind of explain that and right. explain the angle that you're taking with that. Right. So that's something like where my friend, Colin Rutherford, me and him do, it's called Greenbox Storage, and it's, and it's a genius idea. Um, we pick up student stuff store it over the summer and then we drop it off so it's not like a typical storage and moving company that executes moving jobs or anything like that we're only geared towards college students and storing their stuff for over the summer Hmm. interesting so you're at 10 schools right now right you were saying last night last year last year we were at six six okay we're looking to really expand here for 23 we want to go to 20 that's kind of our goal, yeah. but we're at we're kind of like have locked in around like the ten mark. So yeah, so you're here in Nashville right now. You live in Buffalo, and you're going out around like Vanderbilt, yep, Lipscomb, whatever yep. other colleges around yep. here, handing out flyers. Are you pitching the idea to the college or to the students or like? Yeah, so so how do you what, get that deal? So yeah, so what we're looking to do is we're looking to hire students as interns, give them great business experience, kind of you know. Give them a sight into what entrepreneurship looks like, you know, to launch a branch at their school for college storage. Mm -hmm. And they get to experience, you know, on the boots on the ground marketing, you know, they get to experience understanding move outs and understanding, you know, actually providing the service to the college students. So that's something we're targeting. You know, when we go to these schools, we're looking for people who have a great attitude, you know, want to grow personally, learn a little bit about business and Mm -hmm potential to earn a lot of money throughout the semester that's cool have you had any luck handing out flyers or so yeah i mean we've been just hanging them up around the schools oh, okay. so that's kind of you know we're it's not like we're, we're talking to people because we feel like flyers gets us the most roi on that okay our rot return on time yeah so that's kind of what we're looking at um but yeah i mean we have a ton of interviews coming up and oh, cool. the big the big thing with that is it's super nice because it's a niche market we don't have a ton of com- competitors, and it's a service that is relatively new. So we're really looking to attack it, and it's super scalable, which is why you know I kind of was you know very intrigued with the idea and kind of why mm-hmm. I you know became a partner in the company. So where are you guys like physically storing this yeah. stuff? Like, are you buying complexes? Or are you kind of arbitraging it, like renting out the? Yeah. So. Um, we're looking to buy storage units down the road. And that's another thing, right? We want to, that's kind of what we want to do with that entity is venture into the storage unit space. As of right now, we do not 
purchase any storage units. We kind of, you know, figure out where's the best location to store the stuff off campus and mm-hmm. kind of go from there. Okay. I mean, that's probably a great model yeah. too, because you're not, I mean, right. you're not working on like loans and all that. Well, in, 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 it makes more sense to purchase them. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's also a whole nother venture, right? right? So if you can just rent that out, yep. kind of arbitrage yep. it, as long as you're making a little bit more than that rent, you know, for the actual storage units. And I think that's a great model. Yeah. Yeah. We try, you know, we're, we're trying to keep that one as lean as possible. Would sure. you guys get this idea? Are other colleges doing it down in like, you know, a little West Coast or you guys just thought, hey, I needed a place. Yeah. So that's, that's kind yeah. of a, more of a question for Colin. I okay. think he was just like, you know, he wanted to provide a service for students while I was in school mm-hmm. and I was doing a little bit of research. And I don't know if he actually saw the, you know, delivery, pickup, store, drop off idea or if it was, you know, hey, I don't know where to store my stuff. You know, this would be a great opportunity for students. But yeah, that's kind of where where the idea came about. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it seems like really smart. You know, because I mean, the whole rule of business obviously is to solve a problem, and right. I mean that's a huge problem. Yeah. Everybody goes home for the summer, and then everybody's driving back and forth yeah. summer and winter, mm-hmm. like with all their stuff in yeah. there in the back of their car. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I no. So. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing with that one is, you know, I kind of act as more of a you know, overseeing, making sure stuff's running right. Cause you know, in business, there's different thresholds you get to, right? Where you get to the million mark, you get to the 500 K mark, wherever you're mm-hmm. at. And you know, there's different actions you need to take in order to go further along. So that's kind of what I do with that company is just really, you know, help Colin make those decisions and help, you know, really push the business forward so that we can keep expanding. And so that we don't make the same mistakes that, you know, I've, I've made or other people have made in the past. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy smart. Um, kind of like stepping back a lot because we skipped over it a little bit, but I'm, I'm really curious of like from what point, I mean, I know you said like high school, yeah. but really when did like the business mindset kind of like switch Yeah. where it was like, Hey, like yeah. this is what I want to do. I don't want to work for anybody else. Yeah. I want to work for myself. Yeah. Like when did that all start? Yeah. So I would say it started like right around the winter time after I graduated from from high school. So I graduated in June and then, you know, I was obviously still cutting the lawns and whatnot. And then I actually took a year off from school. Well, I was I was doing community college part time mm-hmm. and I was playing hockey. So it gave me a little bit more time on my hands. And I started, you know, looking up YouTube videos, other landscapers and, you know, reading business books. And that's when I really realized like if I want to expand and grow my company and not have it just be myself, I really need to take this cash that I have sitting in the bank and invest it and mm-hmm. really go for it. Because if you look at any of the big players, you know, when they get to a certain level, they're not doing 100K deals anymore. They're not doing 300K deals. They're, they're putting all their chips on the table. And yeah. that's something I've realized too is like all the big players, they do the big deals because that's where the most money is. Yeah, it's a little bit more risky, but if you're not going to, you know, double your money by doing a – hundred thousand dollar deal it's just not going to be worth your time you know yeah and i know you so you said you're at a million right so how long did it take to scale and like what were some challenges with that you know because i'm sure starting out it had to be challenging to get to this point it it always is yeah so yeah so so the biggest thing for me is i kind of drew it out longer than i needed to because i was in school i wasn't like a hundred percent of my time focused on it so you know obviously in school we grew every year you know we probably increased by 75% every year I was in school. And 
22 was actually the first full year that I was not in school and solely focused on the business. And that's when we really, you know, we, we increased our sales 100%. And a lot of learning lessons from that. And one thing, one challenge I would say is kind of like what we talked about is understanding that you cannot physically be there to do everything, mm-hmm. right? And that is something, even in the past, you know, I've tried to, you know, make sure I'm there for the end of the jobs, make sure I'm there to show the guys what to do, you know, make sure, you know, if we're planning plans that I'm there to make sure everything's spaced out correctly. And when you're doing a certain level of volume, you just can't do that. And that's something that I really learned in 22. And I think, you know, we started putting a lot of structure in place that was needed, but that's one of the things I've really realized and I'm really working on this winter is getting that structure, getting our systems in place to where I don't have to physically be there and I can look at report from actual data that tells me, hey, we messed up here. Mm -hmm. Here's why we did it, right? Because the problem is you try to tell an employee, hey, you didn't do this right. It's so subjective. They're like, oh, that's just the boss telling me I didn't do it right. But Mm -hmm. when you have actual data that says, hey, look, you know, you did X, we were supposed to do Y. It's a, it's a lot more clear cut. It's, mm-hmm. it's easy for them to understand. You don't look like the bad guy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's smart, yeah. you know? Um, another thing that I know Derek wanted to like touch on a little bit was the whole winter storm. Oh yeah. In Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of that on social yeah. media. And I was like, the Instagram was hilarious. Oh yeah. 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 No, it was, um, it was crazy. Most, most snow I've ever seen. Let's just put it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that, it was just, insane like it was snowing for two days nonstop, and the biggest thing was you couldn't drive because you couldn't see like normally mm-hmm. with a storm you know we get a couple feet every year you know it's nothing crazy but with that storm normally we're able to go out in between and like service all of our customers but with that storm when there's six feet you can't there's nothing you can do so we were kind of like struggling as like what are we what are we going to do you know so we had to send a message out to all of our customers letting them know hey you know we're doing the best we can just freak event happened and you know obviously some people weren't happy we had to bring loaders out to some of our commercial properties and you know i mean we gotta we gotta charge them for that i mean we're not gonna eat all that cost yeah you know so it's just like obviously you know some customers had an issue with it and we had to kind of work through that but you know other customers are like yeah no i totally understand so it was it was one of those things where you know kind of like we didn't really know what to do because we've never experienced that but it was like we had to kind of roll with the punches and figure it out to make sure everyone's happy and that's that's another thing too you know in business you can't get walked over and that's Mm -hmm. that's something that like Mm -hmm. me you know, being relatively young, especially in the landscaping space, you know, it's it's easy for someone to say, oh, look, you should do this for free because you're, what, 23, 22 years old, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, that's not really how it works. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so, how it works. so, yeah, I mean, even with the storm, there's like, you know, obviously I can't control how much snow we get. Yeah. I, you know, if our trucks can't get through six feet, I don't know what to tell you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's like customers, some customers didn't understand that. And I'm like, hey, look, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do. I I can't control <laughs> yeah. the weather. And if you, I'm sorry that you're not happy paying it, but like, I'm not eating a two thousand dollar bill. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just not how. Yeah. That's you're just not gonna make money. No, for sure. That, so. Yeah, <laughs> you were talking about. I mean, being young, right? You yep. own all these businesses, especially a landscaping business. So yep. you're talking to all these different customers. Yeah. Do you see that as an advantage, disadvantage, like a roadblock of? Yeah. 
you're being 23 yeah. and the customer is like, hey, you don't know. Like, you're yeah. 23 yeah. and you own this business. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't want to go with you. I want to go with the 50. Right, right, exactly. You know? So, yeah, that's that's a good question, Derek, because yeah. that that's definitely happened to me in the past. Yeah. So while I was in school, especially in, you know, 1920, when we were first getting started, lot lot of issues with not, – not issues, but just like you could tell that people were like, oh, you know, it's just a bunch of kids doing my landscaping. Yeah. But we side hustle, right, right, right. And so like, yeah, I mean, we, we didn't really get any big deals. You know, we were doing like $2,000 landscape, you know, mulch cleanup, stuff like that. And I would say this year is the first year that people really see our company more of like, okay, yeah, they're, they're a legit professional company, right? Because people calling in now, you know, I don't answer the phones they get an office lady. She says, hey, when can we schedule an estimate? And then I would go on an estimate. You've probably seen we got a little wrap mm-hmm. car, right? Yeah. That's our little sales estimating vehicle. I show up in that. People don't even think I'm the owner anymore. Hmm. So like hmm. when I when I hand people my card that says owner, they're like, you're the owner? And I'm like, yeah. So like <laughs> I think that like that's like we're at the point where people see our company as more of a brand now and we're more well known in the area we're at so they don't even like question our you know skill or ability level so that's uh, that's been a like this year you know we've gotten way bigger projects than we have in the past so that's been really big for us for sure when do you see yourself taking a step back from even going to the houses and giving them an estimate and having your number two man right that? right right you're talking about scaling yeah you yeah. go to every single house, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I'm kind of working towards. And that's, that's I would say, is our next step. So mm-hmm. first thing I hired out was outside of field labor was a project manager. And I did that this year. And when you hire st- someone out like that that's on your overhead, you really have to be careful because that can really shrink your profits. And there needs to be something where – you know, there's a certain metric you need to hit in order to be able to hire that next person, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of something I'm working towards right now is where do we need to be at? Like what volume do we need to be at so that I can get out of doing all the sales? And what is that role going to look like? So that's something that like this year I have my project manager who's going to be managing all the projects and I'm hiring a full-time um, you know, office person who's going to mm-hmm. handle our entire office. And I'm just strictly going to be doing sales estimating, process improvement, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I want to really get them to where they need to be. And then I'm going to work on, okay, now I'm going to bring in an estimator once we, you know, are very profitable at what we're doing. Once we, you know, know we have a system that works and we can scale it and add more crews. Then I'm going to go ahead, bring in an estimator and, you know, make sure that, everything's running smoothly because a lot mm-hmm. of guys you know they just they dive head first in and that's something you can do but the problem with contracting you add more overhead you're not going to make any money you know it's not like one of those it's not like one of the businesses where you add more people you're going to sell more you're going to mm-hmm. it's it's beneficial you ha- you really have to make sure all your pieces your are in order so that way you know, you don't end up going in the negatives. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we're definitely working towards this year. And I would say that was something I learned last year where, you know, I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. We want to grow. We want to expand all that kind of stuff. And we did, which is great. But you had more overhead, you had more expenses, you had more equipment, all that shrinks your profit margin. And something I'm doing this year is really making sure we can sustain the level we're at right now. Mm-hmm. And then that way we have a model that works, we know it works, and we can kind of expand and, you know, add more pieces from there. 
Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, another thing that I just thought of um, when you're talking about like expansion, especially the wrapped cards, like obviously one of the most important things, if not the most important, is marketing. You know, so it's like, how much have you seen? What are you doing for marketing? You don't? Do you have a marketer? Is that something you take care of? I know you yep. have the wrapped car. You're yep. like, when it comes to the storage unit, you're doing that very physical like marketing. I'm gonna yep. go hang door yep. hangers, or yep. I'm gonna hang flyers, whatever. Yep. What are you doing for the uh, landscaping business? Because I see, I follow you on social media, so I see you're stepping yep. up the social media game, yep. getting that name oh, yeah. out there that oh, way. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. what else are you doing? Yeah, so we do a lot of social media. Um, I wouldn't say a ton of our leads come from that. It's more of like a reminder, like, hey, we're here. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. like I like to follow all of our customers and stuff like that. It's more of like, because think about it. You know, try to go ask your parents, hey, who installed your concrete driveway that mm-hmm. you had installed five years ago? I guarantee you, they could not know the name. They yeah. said, oh, I got an invoice upstairs. And that's what all the contractors are bad at. You know, they don't understand that, hey, it's not only that you need to stay in contact with your previous customers because they could give you other work. It's they probably know five other people over the course of the next 10 years that are going to need their driveway redone. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't, that's what the contractors don't understand. So that's something we really try to do is stay in touch with our previous customers, make sure we're always there with them. We send out reoccurring emails, um, you know, we send holiday cards. We don't do a ton of paid advertising. So that's mm-hmm. something we don't do um, just because we have enough lead lead flow with, from our past customers and things like that. And, you know, all of our tra- trailers and trucks are wrapped so people see us working mm-hmm. around. So that's something that, you know, I would say is, very beneficial for our service-based business is having a bright image and having a bright logo that people recognize because a lot of times we actually one of the things we did was we went to our town fair we set up a table there to interact with people Mm -hmm. and the great thing about that is you're kind of interacting with people who might not be even interested in the service yeah so we had a lot of people who said oh yeah i recognize you guys you know and that's what we're really looking for you know we're looking to get out there and be able to be recognized and that's i would say that's our our main form of advertising so that when someone says hey who did your landscaping oh we had double a landscaping do it oh i've heard of them i'm gonna give Mm -hmm. them a call that's kind of i would say is what our marketing strategy is for our landscaping company okay that's cool that it's like mainly organic growth, right? So like you're saying, yeah. there's no paid marketing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of a telltale sign of a good brand, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if it's it, and it's growing too, it sounds yeah. like you know yeah. it's got all the all the wrapping on all the trailers and everything, and it's uh, it's cool. It's cool to see it like actually come to fruition like that. Yeah, for sure, know? for sure. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 the biggest thing is you know we we've we've built a solid foundation. And this next year, 23, is going to look like getting that foundation sustainable to where we're producing that result Mm -hmm. over and over again without my physical involvement. And then from there, we have the systems, we have the structure, we have the trainings. We're going to go ahead and massively expand. So that's, that's kind of what's in store for the landscaping. And that's why I see it kind of as like my next, you know, three to five years are going to be really focused on making sure we get that profitable and then kind of diving into, you know, other places. Do you think that we'll have to be more marketing, more, are you trying to stick with that organic or are you guys going to like, I don't know, jump in commercials or yeah. newsletters yeah. or yeah. Instagram ads? Yeah. I haven't fully decided yet. You know, that's something I'm... Commercials are expensive, but... That's something I'm definitely going to do. Yeah. 
is really dive in the marketing because there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of big players around us. I mean, you look at any big player, you know, they their names everywhere. Coca Cola. Um, we have a couple. We have an electrical contractor in our area that you know advertises at the Sabers games and stuff. You see their mm-hmm. name everywhere, and that's something you know we want to get to that point. I would say my biggest thing is like if you market your stuff and you can't deliver the product, it's a waste of money. Yeah, and we need to get to the point where we're able to consistently produce a result. We have the systems in place to be able to expand and to be able to handle that customer load. So actually what I'm really going to gear my marketing towards for this spring, for this season, is getting the right people on board so that we're able to handle more customers mm-hmm. and really looking for good people to join the team. That's some, That's like my main focus for this year. I like that, yeah, because there's a lot of people in real estate too who – started up right and they don't have the systems in place yep. and then they start spending insane amount of money on marketing so mm-hmm. they're sending like mm-hmm. letters out mm-hmm. they're cold calling yeah. they're texting oh, and yeah. they get all these leads and they're like yeah. i don't know what to do right you get stuck right. you know because you don't right. you don't have all your right. systems in place so yeah and that's you know that's what a lot of people don't realize too is like no matter whether it's real estate landscaping you know car washing Every business is the same. You got to have systems. You got to have a procedure for what you're doing and make sure that, you know, stuff is organized and, you know, you're getting it done efficiently. So that's, you know, even even for you guys, you know, I know you guys are, are still kind of devouring what direction you want to go mm-hmm. with the company. Mm-hmm. You know, once you figure that out, then say, hey, you know, let's get this documented so that it's able to be reproduced, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. You started your business, I mean, obviously in high school, but it really hit you when you were like 19, right? Yeah. Or right after high school, yeah. but you still went to college. Yeah. Was that for business related? Was it to play hockey? Was it just yeah. to go? Because you mentioned that's like what you do, right? Is that why, you know, people just go to college, go to college. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, so yeah, I, if, if why any, not just start it and just. Yeah, anyone who knows me knows I'm not a very big college proponent. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> neither are we. You know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> obviously if you want to do a normal like if you want to be a doctor obviously you have to go to college but for what we're doing it's not necessarily as important as your mom and dad think right and i would say also too like it has lost college degrees have lost an insane amount of value even in the past like five years yeah let alone the past 10 20 years you know it's like it's starting to there's going to be a big change and it's kind of we're in that change right now so yeah yeah so many people go to college yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyways. So my reasoning behind going was my parents really kind of encouraged me to go. The one thing they said, which, you know, I kind of agree with is like, you know, you only live once. You got to have a good experience. You can work the rest of your life. So that's kind of, you know, that, that influenced me to go a little bit. And then hockey was a big thing too. You know, I definitely wanted to play college hockey, had the opportunity to play at Liberty. It was a great school, great experience. Um, but as far as like furthering, entrepreneurship development and you know things like that i would say college is 100 percent not necessary yeah um you know obviously if you want to be an employee that might be a different situation Mm -hmm. like that's something that i've actually changed my mind on recently is if you just want to be an employee and work a nine to five and have a good 401k then go to college uh, absolutely. Be- because you don't, you, you don't have the drive to be able to show your value and stuff like that. You know, you're going to have that, you know, degree that you're going to be able to say here, you know, I want a job. I want to, you know, go through the motions with my career. But if you're a person that's got a lot of drive that wants to grow personally, you know, that wants to get to that next level, I would say then it'd probably be better for you not to go to school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Cause I mean, you need those 
if you don't have any doctors, everyone's just doing real estate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, know? No, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, that's like obviously doctor, engineer, lawyer, all that stuff you need to go to school yeah. for. But like business, if, if you want to start your own business, if you want to get into real estate, why are you going to go and spend 20 to 30 grand a year yeah. potentially going to debt for to learn from a professor who's probably never done it? Yeah. Probably never done what you want to do. Well, it's, yeah. it's kind of like what we were talking about last night. I was telling you that, I mean, we're in Ryan Pineda's all-star yeah. program. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, how much did, we, did yeah. you guys spend? Oh, yeah. We told you. And in the girl's eyes, they were like, holy crap. But now you ask them, how much did they spend in college? Yeah, and it's like this is like half a year for certain They're, schools, you oh, know. Yeah. It's like one it's, semester is yeah. I don't know, twenty grand, right? No, we have a year's full of this right. program with crazy connections. These guys who are proven they've they're multimillionaires, they I mean they do everything, right? Yeah. And it's half the price for a whole year. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know, people just look at you like you're nuts, but yeah. it's like what did you do five years ago? Right. Are you using your degree? No. We're actually Or who did you learn from <laughs> when you spent that degree, no, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I agree with you. I was college is great, but so is also paying for you know masterminds and yeah, I mean, we're technically going to school as well. That's what I would. I think I think education, it's not school, it, but it's education. Yeah, yeah, education yeah. is the most important thing. Yeah, honestly, I think it is. And whether it's you're a doctor, you need to get educated, or you're in real estate, you need to get educated. Yeah, or you're landscaping, like you're right. business, like read the books, do whatever you can do. But education is vital. So that's 100%. we're not saying like. Don't go to school. Don't get educated because that's still the most vital thing you can do. Right. You right. have to learn and you have to I keep mean, yeah. learning, you know? Absolutely. I mean, we, yeah, we pay people a lot of money to teach us. and yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, just from like the whole college perspective for people who might not, you know, have parents who influence them to learn about business or, you know, think that that's their only option to be successful. Yeah. I think it is totally skewed and just society just pushes it on everyone. Like try to sell someone – to go into debt for four years, to spend four years of their life working mm-hmm. for free, to go in, and going into debt, like that's a hard sell. Yeah. Like if if that wasn't so deeply rooted in our society, I it would be very tough to sell anyone on doing that. No, yeah, and then especially if you're interested in business, go to school, you get out. I mean, nine times out of ten, you're probably going to go back into debt to yeah. start a new business, oh, right? Yeah. So you're going to have that's double true. debt right. now. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So I kind of have a, a fun question of... I probably know your answer, but we ask a lot of people. Speaking of school and debt and all that stuff, Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yeah. What 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 are your thoughts about him and what we're doing compared to a nine to five job? Like I don't know. Yeah. I just want. Yeah. I love talking about this yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We all do. Dave Dave Ramsey. He he. So I actually heard him speak. He came to a Liberty University convocation. Surprisingly, he didn't talk about any of his financial advice. He talked about more leadership, which okay. I thought was very good. Oh, cool. So I don't mind the guy. I think he's great for just a regular working class person who's, you know, looking to save money, looking to get out cuz I think any sort of personal debt is is you should really try not to have personal yeah. debt. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's a car loan, house is fine, you can mortgage your house, that's fine. But like any sort of credit card, personal debt. And I think that's what he really believes in too, but I think in order to like just have the brand he does, he's kind of got to go like, no businesses should have debt either, which I, yeah. I, I don't agree with that well, at all. I mean, we always say it probably on every other podcast, but how did he get to where he is now? Yeah, yeah I mean, anybody he's, in he's real estate, it, yeah. you can't, you cannot, it is, I'll say it is impossible to scale a real estate business 
without taking on no. debt. Yeah, like you, you just can't. can't. Like can't. it doesn't work unless yeah. you have billions yeah. of dollars yeah. in the yeah. bank. Unless if you yeah. grew up with <laughs> right. a mom and dad. Right, exactly. But then how do exactly. they make their money? No, you for know? sure. Yeah. For sure. I don't know, this is a fun question. And asking people's opinion on him and Yeah, and I think debt debt is very good if you use it properly and you buy assets with it that are going to, you know, appreciate over time mm-hmm. and you're able to manage those assets properly. But, you know, there's actually a story. There was a kid um, 17 years old, right? He was in the landscaping space. He kind of was brought into like the grow, 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 grow mentality. And, you know, obviously at that age, you know, you don't really understand money and money management and how important that is. So he was just, you know, being spewed like, oh, business that is good, business that is good, good, like grow, 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 try to do as much revenue as possible. He got up to doing $7 million in revenue for landscaping. Wow. A year. And he went bankrupt. Oh, because he financed everything. He put everything on a credit card. Mm -hmm. He was buying all, financing all of his equipment. And when you're growing that rapidly as a contractor, or really any business, and you don't have proven systems that work, you're gonna fail. Yeah, you're gonna go. You're you're gonna go bankrupt. So that's 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 just a crazy. That's just a crazy story. That like. You know, imagine you guys trying to do 10 houses, you know, and yeah. pulling debt out on all those. Like, that's just like, you guys, you know, you're doing you're doing one, you're making sure you understand the process, making sure, hey, you know, you guys told me before, we've made a bunch of mistakes on this, we've learned a ton. Exactly. Yeah. So now you can go take that next step and maybe do two or maybe three at a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when those problems arise, hey, I know what to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's kind of like what Gary Harper was saying, mm-hmm. like kind of flipped a little bit, but with like he explained it in a way that made way more sense because he what he said was he's like have you have you guys ever heard the saying that like you scale too fast and it's like that doesn't exist yeah he's like you don't scale too fast he's like as long as you have your systems in place and you have it all figured out you can scale you scale as quick as you're going to scale right like you could like we could do 10 houses right now if we've got it all figured out you know so it's like it all starts with the education and figuring out how to do it and the money management the money flow yeah and uh and then just working up from there. But right. the possibilities are there to scale. It's just as long as you have everything in place and you're smart right. about it. 100%. 100 which I, which I totally agree with. Totally yeah. agree with on that. Yeah, I would say, you know, a lot of people who are new into business, they do not understand the importance of being organized and having systems and having a structure for your business. And that's one of the biggest things that I've realized is – if you're not organized, like we have a shop, right, for our landscaping, if we're not organized and we don't put stuff back where it belongs, the next person that goes to find it, they're calling me, hey, where is this? Where is, like, so that's like something that I've really realized and I'm really doubling down on as the leader of the organization is if you don't want to follow our systems and procedures, then you don't belong, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, it's not even worth my time to have you on our team if you're not going to follow our systems and procedures. So that's something that I've realized is like you can't you can't you can't get past a certain level if you don't have some level of systems and procedures. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, you know, what what we've been working on as of late too. Okay. Another thing that just like clicked in my head right now when you're talking about that is uh, another thing Gary Harper was saying. We talk a lot about Gary Harper on this, but well, who he is, he's basically he goes in and builds businesses out and uh, just teaches them how to scale and actually scales them. Um, basically, a business consultant. He built all of Ryan's com- Ryan Pineda's companies. Um, 
and we heard him speak last week, but one of his biggest things is core values. Mm-hmm. And he's yep. very strong yep. about, hey, if you don't align with one of my core values, you're gone. That's that's funny. So that's like funny. I'm curious, do you have any like core values that you kind of put on a pedestal yep. for your company and yep. like kind of have people follow that? Yeah, that's a great question, Jeff. So funny you ask that because I actually have done some consulting with Grant Cardone. As mm-hmm. you know, Derek knows, I've been to a couple of those conferences. I did a people's essentials workshop with them. And one of the things that they were big on too is the core values. And I went to that May of 22. Okay. So as soon as like that opened up my eyes completely to the importance of all that kind of stuff. And what I did is we had core val- we, we came up with our six core values, leadership, quality, results driven, accountability, reliable, and there's one more. Perseverance. Let's okay. go. There we go. Perseverance. So, <laughs> Do you know so your yeah. core values? Yeah, just give me a second. Let me pull up my phone. <laughs> so yeah, so we have we have our six core values, and I'm like the thing about that conference is there's so much information in it that it's impossible to implement it all right away. So we've been kind of picking and choosing what we've been doing, and one of the things that we're doing this year and what they talk about doing is your interview process. Hire slow, fire fast. Hmm. But no one tells you how to hire slow. So something we're implementing this year, which I'm super stoked about, we've started doing it with the storage and and I've started doing it with my office staff to hire them, is a core values interview Okay. to make sure they align with your core values. So what we do is we say, hey, you know, you're moving on to the final round of the interview process. The task is you're going to present our management team with a five-minute presentation on ways that you align with our core values. And we say, hey, you got a week to prepare. Are you available next week? And the great thing about this is, is it weeds out the bad candidates. If you don't want to work there, if you're just getting the job just because it's a job, mm-hmm. are you going to go through and do a presentation mm-hmm. on how you align with the company's core values? Yeah. No, you're not. So like, like, why would I even waste my time hiring you? Yeah. You know, so that's something we're doing, which is fun, a phenomenal tool to be able to see, you know, what candidates are really going to thrive in your work environment. Are you doing that for everyone? Like even the people are who are doing the landscaping or is this only yeah. for like the people who yeah. are going to be higher up in the business so, like you, office, yeah. admins, stuff like so that? So 100% office, 100% foreman, yeah. 100% project managers, laborers, that's a little bit too much to ask. Those think. people are, right. they're probably coming in right. just to get a job, yeah. their yeah. summer job yeah. type yeah. of yeah. thing. That's a little bit too much to ask in the interview process. So, yeah. what, so what we do is, you know, we go through our interview, we <clears> say, hey, looks like you're going to be a good fit. Excited to have you join our team. Your first day is going to be Tuesday. Your first task is to come with a presentation on how you align with our core values. Mm-hmm. And if they can't do that, you think they're going to get on their knees and pull out weeds in a garden bed if they're not willing to do that? Hmm. Like, so that's something like that's something we're doing this year, which I'm which I'm very excited about because in the past we've had laborers who were just not very good, and that'll help. Just if you don't want to do that, then you can go work somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah, simple as that. Probably motivate them a little more too because right. first day oh, you're, yeah. getting, you're getting paid oh, yeah. too. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, getting paid is, yeah. and it's all about the onboarding and you know the the first things that you do with the employees. You know, if from the start you're like, yeah, we we sometimes show up at seven fifty, but you know our start time it, it's not really that important. 
they're going to say, yeah, I'm going to show up whenever. You know, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, we sometimes wear pants on the jobs. You think anyone's going to wear pants? Uh-huh. Like, so that's something we're doing too is really making sure from day one that we let the employees know what the expectations are. And if they can't abide by the expectations, then sorry, mm-hmm. you're gone. I love it. Yeah. I was going to say, like, uh, one thing cool that Gary Harper does when it comes to core values, which I mean, we I want to oh, actually yeah. implement into our business, is like when either when it's choosing it or when he's interviewing people, he'll say, I want you to choose three people that you aspire to be. And you choose those three people. And then from each person, you take five things that you like about them the most. And you have to know them. It's not like we can't, can't choose do like, like Ryan Gra- Pineda. Yeah, like, you can't like choose we, Grant Cardone. Podcast with okay. him and all this stuff. But okay. we have to know them yeah. personally. And mm-hmm. it's like, what do you admire about this person? And then he's like, usually if you take five things per person, you can take all of those and turn those into your core values because there should be some things that align right. along all those right. things. That's a, I like that a lot mm-hmm. too. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, they're big on the, like the predictive index too, like a personality mm-hmm. test. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. this, like Gary Harper is like, he swears by that. He'll really? be like, I hire somebody and they'll take the PI. And if I hire them to be a marketer, but they're like a maverick and they'd be better at sales. He's like, hey, I'm either going to fire you or I'm going to put you in a sales role. That's crazy. <laughs> it's like, that's, crazy. that's what you're going to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, wow. That's Yeah, because they do the personality test there too. Yeah. I, ha- I haven't, we haven't ventured into that. Um, you know, definitely in the future, that's something I'm going to look at. But for, you know, for right now, we don't really do anything like a personality test. But I feel like that's got to be, or it doesn't have to be, but it's probably more of something when it comes to like leadership roles. Like yeah. if you're going to hire a leadership role, you have to make sure they're right. in the right role oh, for yeah, that. No, you know? For sure. For sure. You're not so. going to make your, make a labor. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. You're a maverick. You can't be digging those holes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I know you really exactly. want to plant this tree, but can you go sell it instead? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. And, and you know, one of the things I like to do with all of our team members is personal development. You know, hmm. that's something I'm big on. And, you know, my whole goal with the landscaping is to take someone who, you know, might not have a great past, might not have a great career opportunity elsewhere, and turn them into someone that's got a stable job, that has real skills that they can take to further their career along in our organization or, you know, even maybe go look to work somewhere else. So that's something, you know, I'm, I'm pretty big on and I really am, you know, trying to focus on that is employee empowerment and employee development for sure. I love that. Yeah. Cause I mean, the odds are like, I like what you said about it is like make like growing them for like opportunities later yeah. on, you know, like they yeah. might not stick with you the whole time, for but sure. mm-hmm. it's cool that you're like giving them the opportunity to do that and like, growth you know yeah yeah and it's a and it's a great selling tool for working at our company you know for sure how many how many other employers are really going to care about you so here's the thing like people say oh yeah you need to care about your employees you need to care about your people you know that work for you but it's like you know most of the time my employees like they come in and they say like yeah my cat died or oh i had to take my cat to the vet you know or my cat was sick i have to stay home but it's like I don't care about your cat, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't care about your cat at all. Like, yeah. I'm care about you and where you're gonna go to be successful. That's what I care yeah. about. Yeah. So, like, make that a priority and make sure they know that you care about their success. You know, you don't have to care about what happens to their cat. You know, that's not caring about your employee. You're caring about your employee is making sure they have a stable job and making sure that they're hitting their personal goals. Hmm. And that's something like that. A lot of people talk about, but it's like that's what you need to focus on is really caring about the your people's like where they want to go and what their aspirations are in life. 
That's cool. Awesome. I could definitely see that because I remember like when we first met, I don't know, a few months ago, you were telling me one story. I could be saying this completely wrong, but about one of your employees, about how you cared so much about him. Maybe maybe it's backwards, but he wasn't doing the job, but you kept bringing him back. Was mm-hmm. that you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, could just tell that you really care about your employees. Yeah. You're pushing them to come work for you, not to make you money, but yeah. to give them yeah. a place to work. Yeah. And, yeah, no, for sure. Living. I mean, that, see, that's the thing. Like, employees don't think they—they they oftentimes don't understand business. So they think you're just sitting behind the desk. You know, if you're not on the job, you're sitting behind the desk drinking a Coca-Cola, like, you know, goofing off. Yeah. They don't understand that, like, the work that goes in yeah. behind it, and they like they think you're making a boatload of money, right? They don't understand the work that goes behind it and what it actually takes to be a profitable mm-hmm. business, and that's something that like you know, this year I'm not going to let happen. You know, if someone doesn't understand, you know, what we're putting in for them, they're not going to last. It's Mm -hmm. just employees are so expensive and it's just not worth your time to, you know, take a bad apple and try to make them good. I mean, obviously if they have the work ethic, if they have the drive, if they're willing to put in the work, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But if it's someone that's, you know, not, you know, just not working hard, just looking for a paycheck, it's not going to be a good fit. Do you still have that guy? Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? Ah, it doesn't matter. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> but it's definitely happened yeah, before. Yeah. It's definitely happened before. Um, so, I don't know, just kind of to finish it off. One, was there anything you specifically want to talk about? And two, what kind of advice do you have for, I mean, even us and someone who is in the you know making a business or trying to scale their business and kind of doing what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, one thing I like to say is... If I were to do it again, I would not. Really? <laughs> and why I say that is because doing a startup is not easy. I remember us talking about that, yeah. Doing a startup is not easy at all, right? Especially if you have no previous business ownership experience, right? So what I would do is I would get with a company that's already doing it, has some systems in place, you know, knows what to do. Right, has a good solid product, and I would just draft along that owner and look at everything he's doing, be the most valuable person in that company. Not a big company by any means, like a small company, like midsize, mm-hmm. you know, one to five million probably. Mm-hmm. And I would just draft behind that owner because a lot of times those are the owners that have so much on their plate and they don't understand how to get to that next level. So I would draft behind him, look at everything that you don't like that he's doing and work your way in there to eventually take over that business. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what I would do if I was doing it again, well, especially in the landscaping. Yeah. That's kind of like what our lender did, one of our lenders, Will. Yeah. He, this guy, I don't know, has huge... Huge uh, portfolio. Por- huge yeah. portfolio, yeah. yeah he's also a lender. He was lending out his own cash. Um, and a buddy of ours, Will, he went up to him, made this whole game plan of like, hey, let's partner on this. Like, I can help you scale. Not scale in the portfolio side, but in the lending side. Yeah, yeah Will had a background in finance, it, too. Yeah, okay. He was like, hey, so, okay. yeah, if this in financing, let's partner up. And so it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Like, he didn't buy out, but yeah. he partnered up. And no. Yeah. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a startup, but it kind right. of was. But it, yeah. You, you, I mean, you know more about him. It's but, just, yeah, exactly yeah. like you said. It, it te- I mean, it was a startup, right? Yeah. You know, so it just he kind of followed along and yeah. like knew yeah. the guy yeah. and like kind of kept asking, and then finally yeah. he just like clicked another this yeah. big company. You know, yeah, that's that's probably my biggest piece of advice is, you know, 
everyone's so caught up with, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own business. I want to, you know, make Aaron's landscaping company, right? (laughs) Like that's not what you have to do at all, right? You need to figure out how to get the company successful. And that's something I would just let anyone know is like, hey, look, get with someone who's already doing what you want to do and figure out how to make it better because it's going to be way quicker than doing it Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love it, man. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's at the end of end of our time. But how can mm-hmm. how can the listeners find you? Social media, websites, yeah. anything you know? Yeah, People in yeah. Buffalo for landscaping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo landscaping. No, yeah. um, are we have an Instagram? That's probably what I'm most active on. Uh, it's Double A Landscaping LLC. That's our handle. Um, I also have a personal Instagram, Aaron Partridge forty seven. Um, do have a Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. So you can probably just search, you know, Aaron Partridge and and you'll find me. But yeah, yeah, that's about it. What about awesome. for storage units? Storage if units. Students are listening to this. Yeah, they want any, they want to store any, their clothes. Any students? Greenboxstorage.org. Check Let's us go. out. Come awesome. part. Come partner with us. Let's roll. Let's do it. Sweet. Well, hopefully we can do some deals here in the future. Yeah, man. Either in Buffalo or Nashville or yeah, man. Wherever. Yeah, but, yeah. Man. Thanks yeah. for coming on, man. Yeah, it's been fun, boys.